Yes, y'all, this is the second instalment feature today of Loose Lips. I'm Ben Random, and we're going to be joined by very, very special. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, every time I've met Tris, that's who we're going to be speaking with, Tristan Nakun. Every time I've met, our chats have just been off the charts. Who knows where this is going to go? My boy just sent me. So we're about to get locked in. Let's see where this one goes, man. Yes, brother. Easy, mate. How are you? No, I'm good, thanks. I'm good, I'm good. I'm just uh, sat in my living room at home. Uh, I've got my little pooch here. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's what's happened to your pooch? Oh, she's called, well, she's called Kalua for starters. She's, a, she's not looking too happy, is she? No. Oh, uh, bless her. She's got like a little... She's done something to her paw. Uh, and uh, she keeps nibbling it. So we have to blooming... Um, Stick the cone on to stop her from nibbling it. There's no worse than guilty eyes from your pet, is there? I know. Look at her. She's cool though. She's actually taking it pretty well, to be honest. She's uh, she's she's done all right. She's got a really gentle temperament, so uh, she doesn't really make much fuss about anything, which is good. My cat's just chilling there. I don't know if you can see. I'll, I'll bring her into it. She's just Sheila. Yeah. What's your cat called? Sheila. Sheila. Meow. Yeah, she's she's chilling at the minute. When the sun's out, she can chill, but usually she tries to be me close. She speaks more than me in it. <laughs> Excellent. Time. Two secs. Let me just uh, go close the door a minute, man. It's all right. We've got some kitchen action going on. Oh, yeah. While he's doing that, I'm going to get topped up on some uh, proper 12. Connor, if you're watching, you'll be a guest on Loose Lips one day. Wait. Uh, also, shout out to some people uh, just while uh, Trish is doing that. Shout out to people who are locked in. Gurry90, uh, Akolis, Maxina, Molly, Bruno, Arby, Brother James, shout out Danny Matthews. Yep, yep. Yeah, speaking to you later, brother. Chess Cool Booze, Andy Biased, shout out Bobby. That's the man, you know that. Uh, DJ Matty Lynch. Yeah, shout out to everybody who's locked in. Shout out Ryan Paul for coming back from again, Viper Patrol. So, yes, brother, respect, mate. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Thanks know, for having me the, uh, on the show. Yeah, this is it now. Well, every time <laughs> every time we sort of come through and I wanted to uh, chat ourselves, I've always proposed to you that I think we'd be amazing on a, a podcast. And one of the reasons being mm. is that we tend to cover a lot of wide ranges of subjects that just weaves its way. Like, for anybody who's watching, uh, me and Tris sort of bumped into each other returning from Manchester uh, probably the week before lockdown actually uh, came into full effect. Mm. And uh, we were just sipping away on that tequila, yabbering for time, weren't we? That's right, Probably yeah. Putting the world to rights, so... We really were. God knows what they thought on the other seats, but we were blooming. We were going on about it. We were in proper, like, eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball kind of <laughs> fierce political, like, debate there on the train about blooming five in the morning or something, you know. It's the last thing some people probably wanted to hear, like, oh, you know. It was class, mate. It was class. But, I mean, how, how are you sort of... Uh... Getting through this, are you are you, uh, are you taking a bit? It's time to chill. Are you, are you, are you yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, there's a silver lining in everything, isn't there? Really, I mean, first of all, obviously, the initial hit was the financial destruction of of, of everything. You know, all the gigs cancelled up until so far, it's until June so far. You know, um, so that's made things obviously a bit difficult. I don't have a ton of savings and things, and I'm you know I've been using those to kind of get through. I've applied to a few of the government um, <clears throat> sort of bursaries and uh, things like universal credits and things like that. You know, I'm self-employed. So, you know, um, when the work stopped out there, the money stopped coming in. So, uh, you know, I've had to, uh, you know, um, just use what I've got. And I, to be honest, I don't really need a lot anyway. I've got my little house and, uh, you know, I've got my family and I've got, you know, it doesn't take me much to cook some nice tasty food, you know, and, uh, so, you know, I don't really need a ton of money at the moment anyway, really. So, um, yeah, it's not really a, a huge problem. There's things like, obviously, the whole um, uh, mortgage holidays and things like that, which, you know, are, are helpful and take the pressure off and stuff. So that side of things has been good. Um, 
on the plus side of things as well, you know, it's been a great time for me and my family to spend some time together. My daughter's absolutely loved uh, having the forced time off school. It's like a dream come true. I mean, imagine when, imagine if we were young, out uh, uh, like 10 years old, 11 years old, and you were told school's out indefinitely. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just like, you don't, you, it's, you, it's not, dreams aren't even made of that, you know. <laughs> you don't even get to dream of it. Like, you think, oh, maybe like a week or two or something, but indefinitely, gosh, I mean, so. But, um, and then obviously the Mrs. Gracie, she's been, um, you know, really enjoying the time off at home as well. She has to get up early in the morning. She goes and works at the stables with horses, with with children that, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of uh, come from sort of, you know, difficult backgrounds and things like that, um, or with um, mental health issues and stuff like that, you know. So she has sometimes quite a tough day and, uh, you know, it's very physical and she's outside. Um, in the winter, it can be a little bit harsh, but um, now she's been enjoying, she's been in the garden all day today, just doing the gardening and pottering around, buying it's a pain and uh, you know we've been cleaning out the attic and the basement and doing a load of jobs that have needed been to be done for ages um, and then on top of that as well I've also just had loads of time to go make music and things like that as well so <clears throat> that's been really nice and not that I don't normally have that time anyway for me for me personally it's not been much different because I work from home I have most of my time to myself um, have you been feeling all... inspired yeah, I mean, and, totally. Um, I mean, I know that's a, uh, to be honest, I'm never short of inspiration. To Sorry, I know that was a bit of a cliche question, but I was going to follow it up. Uh, have you been inspired, but at the same time, have you been mainly inspired by what's going on? Do you know, has it maybe had a, 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 an impact on the style that you're creating? There's been a little bit of an edge about it, you know, in terms of like, you know, I mean, I always find that through the tough times comes some of the best art, you know. Generally, I'm speaking there, not just for for me. You know, if you look at all the, you know, the hardships that have occurred throughout, you know, uh, our existence, there's always been some really amazing art that's come out of it. You know, well, the, even music off. side, you've got punk, you've got disco, yeah. you've got hip hop. It was all, it was all Ask like, house for the Thatcherism sort of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. He did that then, you know. And and for a while, I think that the, I mean, without going too much off the path, the path here, but for a while, I think the music just got a bit bland, a bit boring. Nobody had anything to say because there was nothing really going on in the world, and everybody was really comfortable, all really cozy, everything convenient, everything really sort of at the click of a button, and nothing really to shout about. And the, the most people were shouting about was just armchair trolls back home in the internet. You know, it's sort of. <laughs> You know, seemed to take away any real sort of teenage, you know, sort of angst or rebellion, or there wasn't really much of that going on. But I don't know. Now it just seems like there's a little bit more pressure, a little bit more sort of stuff to sort of shout about. I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, for me, definitely, there's, uh, you know, writing some of my, you know, more electro kind of music and stuff, you know, thinking more about this sort of apocalyptic kind of, you know, scenario kind of really leaks and seeps into the music a little bit you know i'm really looking forward to the aftermath mainly because i think that what this has done in looking at positive from it has really revealed that it doesn't care about stature race gender none of that we're all in the same boat and we'll all get through it together and we'll come yeah. through it together and i'm really looking forward to the sort of parties and the camaraderie mm. and the chilling afterwards so when mm. we are out of this what do you think your first song would be that you'd play? You know, it's, I think it's quite a it's quite a monumental moment, isn't it? Yeah, uh, to be honest, it's a huge question. I I, I don't know. Um, gosh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't. I can't really answer that. To be honest, it'll be something fucking good that would boot <laughs> right off. Um, but I, you know, flicking through my blooming. Um, like library now in my head it's just boggles my mind so i couldn't i couldn't really answer that but i mean i think it'll take it's going to take a little bit of a while for people to get back to normal because this has been such a uh an abnormal thing to go through do you think so separate for people to be like sidelining on the sidewalks and stuff you know i think i think generally i think i think for the youth they'll all just be like straight back into it but I think some of the older generations will have to sort of readapt, you know. Do you think? I think a little bit, yeah. Nah. Bro, come I mean, on. Everybody is going to be... It'll be like a start of a 100-metre race. There'll be some yeah. all-stars. Yeah. Everyone will yeah. be just pegging out, bro. 
Mm. Everyone will be out. It'll be out, mate. It'll be the summer. It'll be the beyond the summer of love. It'll be the summer of bliss. Yeah. I might, be, I might I, even be able to pull. I like, I like your enthusiasm. I'm up for all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely up for that for sure. And I hope, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I do actually have little dreams about the, 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 the kind of booting off that's going to go on when, uh, exactly. when, when we're all, when we're all let out the cage again, you know. Um, but uh, like you say, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really optimistic and positive about uh, everything that's going to come out of it. I think it has highlighted a lot of important things um, and shone a light on a lot of stuff that isn't really important, <clears throat> you know, and stuff that we get caught up in day to day. Um, and, um, you know, obviously it's not been easy for a lot of people. I mean, I feel really lucky because I've actually really enjoying the time, but there's a lot of people out there that actually aren't enjoying the time alone. They haven't got the friends or the, you know, the, the kind of connections or whatever just to be calling up or they might have some mental health issues or they might, you know, just feel a bit isolated, which is not a nice feeling really to be honest. Like, you know, we're isolated now, but we're still chatting to each other. I've still got my family in the room there. I've got all my music, I've got hobbies, I've got interests, you know, so I'm, I'm like kind of got plenty of stuff to get stuck into, you know, being forced to be isolated is actually quite nice to be honest. It's really made me be a bit more productive. I'm quite a, uh protective in what I put out you know the aesthetics mm. of it's really key to me and the sound of it um, mm. and I feel like a lot of what I've created in the past sometimes it's been let down the quality's been let down by it mm. but something like this it just makes me feel more get on with it put it out there you know these chats like this I like the rawness of it the, the yeah it's just nice of it People could just tap into it as well. So somebody mm. like might actually be out there a bit bored or a bit lonely or whatever and they can kind of just kind of eavesdrop on a conversation that might be really interesting to them and they might actually pick up something that makes them think, yeah, shit's okay, or this is great, or, oh, yeah, I'm going to check that out, or I'm going to investigate this, or I'm going to start a new hobby, or I'm going to do, you know, might just inspire something that just, you know, sparks a little um, bit of happiness, you know? So if it's, in, that, in that respect, then it's, it's all worth it. I want to uh, give a shout out to Danny Mottram, uh, who's just left a message in the comments. He's saying, you should play the book off track as your first one. Absolute banger. Maybe I should do that as well. Maybe the message is right there as well. for Because <laughs> that's why we called it that. I mean, it, some people see like the, the, the book off track. It wasn't a thing of kind of any arrogance or anything like that. It was basically, um, you know, when we were making it, we were like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we just used that as a working title. So... Um, uh, and, and it just stuck as that. It was just, and, and, and I think it actually really works, you know, for like a kind of like uh, debut track, uh, inaugurating ourselves uh, to the world. Um, Dungeon Meat, the fuck off track. It's like the who, the what, the this, the this, <laughs> you know? So it kind of really caught attention and, and did the job really. But, uh, and I always like sort of, you know, imagine people going up to the, uh, the booth going, what's this track? It's like, oh, fuck off track. People <laughs> going, oh, all right. You know, but so, so we were, we were just being playful with it, really. But yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that track, uh, you know, it's had some really good echoes and ripples. So I'm pleased about that. Shout out to Chris Fountain, who was the first guest uh, this morning on Loose Lips. And he's just put, yeah, fuck Chris. off track is a monster. And he says, more dungeon meat, please. We've got some more coming. It's just been difficult because... Um, Sammy's moved to Lisbon in Portugal. Uh, we've both just really kind of dived into our own stuff as well, solo stuff. So we have got tracks made and bits and bobs done, but they're just not finished. They just need a few little extra touches. Uh, we've got more releases from other artists coming on the label. We've got a bit of a backlog at the moment. So uh, now is not obviously the best time to be releasing music, really, uh, because obviously most of the DJs and the people that we kind of sell the records to i haven't really got the money or the gigs so you know there's not, i mean i know personally i haven't been buying any records um i've just been focusing a lot more on music production so um you know it's um yeah it's coming basically chris yeah we've got um plenty of uh, meaty meaty beats for you and some good stuff as well some original dungeon meat material we've got a massive massive tune by Lockleed, which has uh, been one of the most asked about tracks that i've played in the last year um, every time I play it out, people are always Instagramming me or mess Facebooking me afterwards going, what's this tune? Um, and um, so really excited about getting that one out. Um, we've got some more sort of various artist DPs and uh, some other exciting stuff as well. So keep your ears to the ground. 
It's interesting you say the working title because I've always wondered when Dave Taylor wore a solid groove and he was making This Is Sick. I was yeah. just like, it is, at that time, it was the sickest tune. I was just wondering if it was like, every bit he did was like, This Is Sick. Like, well, it says that in the tune, doesn't it? It says yeah, the, it, it goes, this is sick. Yeah, the last says it, but, but that's it what was I mean. so, like, piece, wasn't it? It was. It was a nasty little piece of work. That that's was. a tune, that. That, that, that needs is. to be I mean, dusted off. He, he was great, actually, Dave Taylor. I mean, he still is. I don't know where he's gone now. I used to He's gone Hollywood, around. you know. He's producing for some biggest, biggest artists. I know, I know, I know exactly that. I know, but where where he's living or where? I mean, he's probably in L.A. somewhere or something. Um, I know he moved over to the States and he started producing Britney Spears. Yeah, man. Uh, working with Diplo and yeah. um, people like that. Um, and he's probably working with other major artists somewhere. I mean, he was just so talented. I used to knock around with him quite a bit. Um, him and Jesse Rose, I used to go down to London, stay at Trellick Towers down there. And uh, Dave Taylor was always sort of knocking around, uh, a bit of a sort of... Uh, hooligan, a cooligan, you know. <laughs> uh, always had his uh, Ralph Lauren shirt on, his shaved head, his uh, you know, his uh, sun, um, his sunstroke face. You know, what I mean, he was always really red from from the sun. And uh, yeah, he was he was a geezer. He obviously still is, and his music was really influential on on a lot of people, myself included, around that time. And he was uh, yeah, he was just killing it. There was just nobody else kind of doing it like he did it. And the, the funny thing was, was he was just doing it mostly on his laptop as well. So, wow. you know, he just, uh, you know, was just a master using Logic and, uh, and uh, you know, carved out a lot of those hits. You yeah, know, some, of them, some of them tunes, like, really sum up the time, like the Future Edge remix. Mm. And some of them tunes around that time, he really invented that, like, reverby wonk. Like, he was, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal producer well, of that era. When it started getting called Fidget House is when it started getting a bit shit, but that's what it was. It was all that kind of fidgety... Yeah, we called it New School Jacking. Yeah, New School Jacking, I suppose. You know, you can get away with calling it that if you want. They really, I mean, it was totally... I mean, you know, those guys used to... I mean, Dave wasn't really so much of a DJ. Jesse Rose was more the DJ. He was a really mm. good DJ. Yeah, uh, he did a tune A-sided, which were on uh, Tim Sheridan. Nasty, dirty yeah. sex music. What, that's yeah. my favourite compilation of all time. Yeah, so I mean, that was another that label of, of, of Dave Taylor's as well, was, was the dub sided records. Uh, and there was some great stuff on there as well. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, um, I can't remember how we got onto that, but um, <laughs> your alias Dungeon Meat and uh, the, the tune and the sort of name, uh, like we're that. talking about the, the, the working titles, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and that's it. I mean, I have, I have like a list of, of, of stuff on my phone called just names for shit. <laughs> and I'm always thinking of names for stuff, you know, and uh, that can really help me, like, pick a theme as well. I think when you're creating something, it's always nice to have a little theme or a little something to hook onto to give you a, a starting point, you know. Do you, um, as a creative, especially with the music side, do you get an idea and you know which alias or which strand of, of alias it's going to or yeah, do you wait I mean, till it yeah, progresses? You know, there's a, a vibe would fit a certain mm. alias, certain sound would fit a certain alias. Um, but I don't really think about that at the time. I just, I mean, sometimes I do. I sit down with my Freakenstein head on, or I sit down with my Dungeon Meat head on, or, or my TDC head on, or whatever, or just another head, you know, just something else different. You know, I've got other ideas and things that I'm bubbling on as well at the moment. So, so yeah, but um, yeah, I do, I do, I do do that. I, that's one of the things that I like doing is thinking of concepts ideas vibes and then matching that to something that really sort of anchors that and brings it home so a lot of the dungeon meat sounds like it looks do you know what i mean so it's very important for me to have the music to have that kind of aesthetic to it as well you know do you feel that um do you have to go through a certain process? Maybe there's a music that you'll listen to beforehand or books, or is there a different, or do you literally like, right, today I'm focusing on this and we're going yeah. to do that. How do you sort of, I wonder if there's a manoeuvre that, that you shift into a certain... Well, I've got a whiteboard in my studio. I've just got a new studio now, which uh, has been a godsend around this self-isolation uh, sort of uh, scenario uh, because it's meant that I can go there and not beat the house down with, you know, 140 BPM electro grooves or whatever constantly. And the family's going, ah, you know, 
Um, so it's, it's just like 10 minutes walk down the road. So it's a little bit of exercise. I can ride the bike, I go down there. And in the studio, I've got a whiteboard. And um, that is, um, that's getting pretty long now. I've got like, you know, a, a side of it, which is like projects. And then I've got another side of the whiteboard, which is remixes. And then at the bottom of that, I've got like just a blank square where I'll pull one or two of these things from one of the sides and I'll put it in the bottom box and I'll make sure that I'll just focus on those two things instead of looking at the list going, ah, yeah, yeah. got too much stuff or I don't know where to start or whatever. I'll just try and, 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 and take it. It's nice seeing everything there, seeing everything you've got and, and being able to, I mean, first of all, feel pleased that you've got so much stuff to, to do, you know, look at the remix. I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. There's so many great remixes there that I'm going to be doing. And, and then all the other projects like DJ mixes and, uh, you know, uh, albums and little other things that I've planned in my head that I want to execute, you know. Um, so it's good for that to get excited about stuff, but it's also good to kind of see things clearly instead of, because I was before, I was a real list writer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I love a list. Was that in your phone as well on your notes or physically writing? I actually like physically writing, actually. So, but the problem with that is, is they just get they, they get lost, you know, or they, or they get covered up by another list on top or something, and then it's just like you know, you've really got to have some kind of discipline, which I don't have. Discipline's the key, you know. That's a real strong word that's come out in the chats that I've been doing. A lot of it has been uh, optimism, but a lot of people have mentioned discipline. Yeah, I mean, discipline, you know, and and, and systems. You know, they can kind of, you know, give you a real good framework to, to live your life by, you know. Mm, I agree. And I think that's important. Otherwise, there's so much kind of um, like pecking at your bandwidth on a daily basis, you know, like whether it's friends or whether it's the internet or whether it's the television or whether yeah. it's a phone call or whether it's just something. It's always just, ah, you've only got so much kind of, you know, like I say, bandwidth up there. So having disciplines and having um, systems and things like that to, um, you know, build your day around or your week around and stuff can really help you get more out of it, you know. Um, so for me, having lists and having things can really help me focus because my head's just like a box of frogs sometimes, you know. <laughs> it's just like, if I looked at that list, it'd be like, oh, duh, duh, I'd be shooting off like fireworks, you know. Just going off in different directions, so I, I definitely need to kind of pull myself in and focus on a few things and uh, at once. And it's nice having not just one thing, having a couple of things as well. So you can, if you get a bit bored or if you run out of steam on something, you can switch to something else, you know, and uh, and, and 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 not get you know sort of um, doubt, drifting downstream, you know, being caught up with something else that's not really going to get much out of your day. I mean, you know. What I really it's not time count for me, really. That's my most important thing as well, is is trying to, you know, make days count, trying to get stuff done. And it's not easy, you know. Not not every day that I come, I come away thinking, yes, I've nailed that one, you know. But, um, you know, you try. What's really amazing is when you're describing that, it's almost like I imagine you've got my, you like Minority Report. It's like pulling everything through. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, selecting. Um, this is it. You do. You, you have to. You have to have some kind of little system and stuff. But I mean, when you when you, this, I've just. I've, I mean, I've still got so much to learn as well. So a lot of the process that I do creatively is, it feels like learning a lot, um, which is which is good, which is great and exciting, but also can be frustrating sometimes because you can feel like you're banging your head against the wall. But you have to just keep reminding yourself that you know you are making progress no matter what. You know, being having the discipline is about showing up each day, yeah. whether you, whether you, whether you, you, you know, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, you've, that's part, all part of like flexing those muscles is making sure you do it every day. And then that's when you can start to see some progress in the long run. You know, you might not see it by day three, but by 28, day 28, you're going to start to be in a better flow, you know. Yeah, so. the flow, and it feels more natural. Shout out to Billy. Well. Sorry, hey Billy, he's just joined the uh, just joined the uh, the chat there. Billy, Billy Bailey's in Birmingham. <laughs> hey Billy, you're right, brother. But, but yeah, the consistency and the flow then develops, and then before you know it, it's part of your arsenal. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It doesn't. Things don't happen overnight. You know, you do have to like really 
you know, uh, just graft away at it, you know. Uh, nobody's great at anything straight away. You have to, uh, you know, you have to really kind of put the work in, you know, like the 10,000 hours sort of thing, you know, even though you don't have to do 10,000 hours to be great at something. They say that that's the mastery level, but, um, you know, uh, it, it, it certainly helps. But, I mean, not everybody's got the time, but, I mean, that's one of the biggest excuses. Well, I haven't got the time, but, uh, like I say, it just only has to be 10, 20 minutes a, a day, whether it's if you're perfecting a craft or learning a new skill or, you know, working a, a, on a piece of art or a piece of something, you know, whether it's a patchwork quilt or something, you know. I feel that... Um people need to be a bit used to just being shit at stuff at the start and embrace the shitness because then you know you're going to get better. That's what What's I that? Think. Sorry, Ben. I think that as a society, we should get used to being shit at the start. We should enjoy being shit because mm. then when you develop, you can see how you've grown and you've got better at it. Whereas I think people go in at it expecting to be at somewhere, get a bit disheartened, a bit, a bit naff at it at the start. Yeah, I think... I think we just got a little bit more impatient as a species nowadays. Do you know, do you know what, what I mean? I put that down to. I think mm. that, uh, and this is, and this is why I love our chats because now it's mm. going to go a bit deep. But you mm. know, like when um, you watch like BBC News and it's always this thing at the bottom going through. And I think we're in a, a, a system and a, a life now where everything seems to just go so quick because of the the, the scenarios of certain TV shows, or for mm. example. Um, when people are watching something, they'll probably give it 30 seconds, if not 10 seconds of the time, or their attention, they'll be watching mm. something. And I do it, you're watching something, but you're on your phone and there's music on in the background. And, you yeah. know, there's not really one self-aligning, like, focus at that time because we, mm. we've got so many distractions at the hand. Mm. And I think that when you go to develop something, you have, like, an idea of how you might approach it and be at it. And when it doesn't, when it doesn't materialise like that from the off, then I think people get disheartened. But I think yeah, they do. It, knowing that we're a bit shit at stuff, then we can almost laugh at it, but we're doing it because we love it, and then it'll become a passion and we'll get better at it. That's it. I mean, just taking that a bit more approach of a bit more lightheartedness, I think, is, is, is the way to do things, for sure. You know, not, not, everything's gonna, not everybody's going to be a, a Shaolin master, you know, after the first night of trying something, you know. So, so yeah, it does take, everything takes a bit of time and a bit of patience, and that's, I think that's what I was getting at before was, nobody's really got a lot of patience these days. You know, they, they, you know, I think patience runs a bit thinner than it used to because everybody's, you know, if you get a spinning wheel on your phone or you get a spinning wheel on your, on your laptop or something, you're like, come yeah. on then. You know, everybody wants everything kind of like that now, you know. So um, I think that kind of, uh, you know, in the long run makes people a little bit less patient about sort of processes, you know. Things take some time, and you got to let you got to let life catch up with you. Sometimes you might have the thought up in here, or you want to manifest something, but you've got to let you know the real world catch up with that. Sometimes. Do you feel uh, with the learning? I know we were speaking, and you, you're going to be doing summit or going back to do summit in September. Do you want to speak about that? You What's know, that? Uh, what you'll be doing in September to sort of better your craft? Uh, is that what, allowed to be revealed? What am I doing in September? I can't remember. Like evenings. Evenings. I can't remember what I was doing. Uh, evenings. Uh, what uh, were we talking about? This. Yeah, on train. Yeah, I don't know if it's like uh, I don't. I don't want to like reveal it if it's uh, if it's not to be revealed. But something okay. that'll help you along the lines with your production. Uh, I can't think, mate. I can't think now. But maybe not say because. Uh, all, right, all, all right. All right. All right. Cool. I don't want to reveal, but. I'm just trying to think um, what I'm going to be doing. Uh, I mean, apart from what I'm already doing, which is just working my ass off with my head down, um, I can't think. But was there maybe some classes or something? Or... Yeah. Mm. Well, I did do I did do some classes at the um, at the College of Music, mm. which was were amazing actually. Anybody who thinks that they're too old to go to school or to go and learn. Uh, then I highly recommend that you reassess that whole thing because going to the College of Music was really refreshing, actually, and it was a really amazing experience. I went and did a um, advanced music and production, a mixed advanced music production, mixing and mastering course um, at uh, the Leeds College of Music, and uh, it was only £130 to go and do the course uh, for a 10-week course, and it was just great. It was amazing, um, and uh, it made me realise that every year I want to be doing something to um, 
to kind of further myself, to better myself, to widen my skill set. And, uh, you know, especially this time as well, when all this stuff's kind of happened as well, it's made me want to learn some of the skills as well, you know, so I'm not just kind of limited to, you know, music and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, so... Um, that was yeah. it. I didn't know if it was, uh, again, you were going to be doing that again, but that was that, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I did, and it, and it was great. There were, and there was all kinds of different people on the course as well, different ages, different styles of music, and everybody had this kind of mutual respect for each other. No no form of, no genre was right or wrong. The, 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 uh, the, um, the tutor, Adam Farnell, was really, um, really good and knowledgeable about all kinds of different... Um, genres and stuff and uh really helpful so it was great to be in an academic situation as well learning um about um something that i love you know which is music obviously but i could do that about anything i could go to learn about cookery or painting or you know something i could just do all that again because it was just nice being in that environment the college of music i mean you, you know yourself is such an amazing environment it really is it's world class and i'm so proud that we've got that in leeds it's great so uh, so yeah do you feel, do you, could you see yourself as a tutor? Because uh, I know it might be, again, you're on about time and stuff, but I, I feel that when we've done panels at Inner City Electronic, and one of the reasons why I think that we would collab to create an amazing podcast uh, geared towards certain sectors of music or questions or, you know, angles, uh, which we'd come up with, but you just seem to have like a real strong wealth and grasp of like it's beyond experience and it's, it's it, it lies between experience and knowledge do you know what i mean it's like mm. you're open to learning so you don't think you know it all but you're happy to share in a sense that well i'm just offering mm. this and yeah i think that's quite priceless and i think you've got a good way about you with that so is it something that maybe i mean considered? i have been I've, other people have said that to me as well maybe it's something i should kind of consider um uh maybe i just don't really feel like i I'm kind of good enough for that in a sense because I don't feel like I'm qualified um, to be a teacher, you know, in that traditional sort of sense. But uh, in terms of helping people out or, you know, sort of um, mentoring people and that kind of stuff, I'm always open to that. And I kind of do that anyway with people that are in my life and around me and stuff, you know, some younger cats that go out in Leeds, some, you know, and they're, they're in the clubs and, you know, I'm always got time for them to talk to them about music production and tunes and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, and give them a leg up or give them a shout or give them a little link up with somebody or a distributor or something like that. So I'm always open to that, um, but to do it in more of a, uh, an academic environment, then yeah, I mean, I could, I could see myself doing it. Um, I did a talk at the uh, Inner City Electronic actually just, just gone um, in Leeds and that was quite nerve-wracking, actually. It's quite, it's quite funny talking to a room of uh, 10 people or whatever, um, you know, was more nerve-wracking than standing up there in front of thousands of people, you know, <laughs> DJing and performing. Um, you know, I was, I was probably more nervous doing, doing the talk to about 10 people than I was closing the icon stage at Glastonbury last year, you know. <laughs> so, it's, you know, so it's mad, isn't it? You know, just but... Um, by the sort of second talk, I was in the flow. The first one was terrible. I was really nervous and uh, referred to my notes all the time. Second one was, you know, much, much more fluent and uh, from the heart, you know, and I think that's... That's the key. I think that's, that's the key. I think I went able to be there this year for uh, personal reasons and stuff. But uh, when we were there last year, um, one of the things that really stood out in our chat is you were speaking from the heart and there's such a wealth of knowledge there. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I honestly think that I don't, I think a podcast would be a good intermittent mm. way to lead to that because other than mm. that, I think you're the sort of person that could have a book, but mm. I don't know if that's <laughs> time consuming. But, do you know but, what I mean? That, that, yeah, I mean, I would love to. I would love to. But there's, I mean, there's other things I want to write first before that. You know, I want to write songs and I want to write music and I want to put myself out like that. And then, uh, you know, then I might think about writing. I wouldn't mind actually, one of the things I wanted to do for a while actually to write a kid's book. Mate, I'll join with that. I yeah. honestly, I want to write a kids' book. Yeah, I, I think I. I mean, I obviously I've had a lot of practice, you know, bedtimes with my daughter and stuff, and uh, seeing the rapture and the joy that they brought to her. Some of the things I've just plucked out the air, you know, and just made up on the spot, you know. 
I thought, well, if I actually sat down to uh, to write some of these and to craft them and to really, you know, concentrate them down into the pure, you know, essence of the story, so a bit of waffle here and there and stuff, I think it'd be great, you know. And uh, it's a big market. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, want some I good books to read for the kids, you know, and uh, stuff with humour and wit. You know, look how well David Williams has done yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, do you know, fair place for him, but he is basically just knocking off Roald Dahl. But that's not a bad well, thing. Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl set the blueprint, really, you know, yeah. but, and, and, and really there should have been more than that, than David Williams. There should have been, a, a, you know, an avalanche of people doing it because, uh, but not everybody can do it. Not everybody has that imagination. Not everybody's observant and sees, you know, the world through certain eyes. And I think yeah, David Williams has got that. Got... So, so, yeah, that's something I'd really like to do, actually, uh, and something yeah, that I might you... do. Would you accompany? Do you think there's a scope to accompany it with some music? I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, well. probably that would be that would be pretty cool actually to do like a, a. Well, actually, one of the things that I actually started to do was I started to do an audio book, which was recording some of the stories that I was telling my daughter, just recording them as I was telling her them. And um, so I've got a little folder in my Ableton um, of of these audio things. So, but yeah, and and I used to get like little bits of things to make sound effects and stuff, you know, to like, you know, so you can hear like um, stuff going on in the background and things to create some atmosphere. So that would be a great thing to do like that, but also an actual book. They have done it before with books with CDs and things like that, you know, but you could do it with some kind of like a book with some online, um, you know, um, thing where people can access the music and stuff to go along with yeah. the story or whatever would be great. You, you, you've almost got the music as the template as a soundtrack and then, mm. as, you know, you, you read it to an almost pace, almost like a karaoke screen. Mm. So they know the words that are coming through, so they're reading it and the music behind like building up. Yeah, exactly. I, I, have you ever listened to uh, Mighty Boosh when they were on BBC Radio 4? I, I haven't actually, but I would love to do that. I mean, I'm, big, I'm a huge Boosh fan, actually. They, they, a lot of what you see in the episodes, they were able to still put, uh, put across in the mm -hmm. radio just by the sound effects. Yeah. And it really immerses you in the world. And I really think something like that would be. Would yeah, be that'd be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. I mean, again, as well, also, I mean, I, I just love, I love collaborating with people as well. So I'd love to, you know, be around more people that are kind of more creative on that level as well. And I could just really get involved and, you know, it would bring it out in me as well, you know, so it'd be great. To, 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 to surround myself with with more people that were into that sort of things. But um, half of me thinks, oh gosh, where, where would I start? You know, I just kind of sometimes get a bit overwhelmed by projects like that. Ah, well, we'll have a word after because I've definitely been thinking of that for a long time. And I think it's. Well, that would be great, mate. Yeah. I, I'd, I, like I, I'd, I'd like to, I want to sort of uh, immerse the message of life through that so that when I look back at certain books that I watched as kids, or read as kids rather, or what shows I watched. And then I see the message later as I've grown up and I understand it. I'm like, wow, like, yeah. it really played a, a significant subconscious impact on how I turned out. Yeah, you definitely want something to have like a, a, um, like a moral to the story uh, and an underlying sort of um, little bits of wisdom and things that people could take away from the story. Like, uh, what was one of my favourite books recently? It was that... Uh, the Boy, the Horse, the Mole and the Fox. It was just like a new book that came out. Really nice. You should check it out. It's a beautiful little book. Kind of Winnie the Pooh-esque sort of book, but for adults as much as it is for kids. And uh, really, really beautiful book. A lot of people should know about it. I think it's been one of the best sellers of this year or last year. Um, and it's, uh, it's got beautiful uh, illustrations and loads of little uh, nuggets of wisdom. Um, so uh, yeah, I recommend that. The boy, the horse, the mole, and the fox. You sure that's not a pub just down road from you? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Second time I've used that joke. I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna try and get it in. Rest of the chats. Get it in, mate. Get get that. <laughs> get, work that crowbar. That one in. I think. I think um, it's one of them as well, though. Um, where if you make it attainable for the adult to enjoy as well as the child, then there's that even a more of a commonality and a bond. And then what I, you'll find is it'll be generational because then when the kids are older, then they'll, as, as parents, want to share that. Exactly. I think that's that's been obviously the success of people like Roald Dahl and, and David Williams as well and things like that with the kids section of books is because they do 
you know, adults can relate to it on that. All the characters and the scenarios and the, you know, the parents who are reading the books have probably had characters like that mm. in their lives as well, you know. So, you know, be it like um, Miss Trunchable from Matilda, you know, some strict teacher or something like that, you know, people can relate to those amazing characters. So it's about building these beautiful characters as well as having these like layers of storyline as well that really, you know, resonate with, with, with the generations. Cool, man. I want to switch pace if that's okay. And just, uh, I want to get, <laughs> I want to get your opinion on um, where you think resident DJs stand at the moment, because I tend to find that there's a lot of events that I go to and I enjoy, but there's not a lot of residents at them. It seems like there's a lot of bookings for acts that I like that I go and see. And mm. when I was sort of coming through the scene, it was almost like you went for your residence and then the acts was like an addition to that, an incredible addition, but you were going because you knew what music was going to be played. And I, I just don't see that consistency at the moment. Maybe I'm wrong. So I'd like to put that to you and see where you, you, you think with, uh, about that. Thing. Well, I definitely think, yeah, I mean, in the UK, I think that really applies. It's not really a resident sort of culture at the moment. I mean, um, it hasn't been for a while. I mean, Ralph Lawson just did a great uh, piece on, uh, on, on resident DJs uh, on his uh, Ralph Lawson blog, which if you're out there and you're interested more in the subject, then read that because he, he, he discusses the, the whole things surrounding what you, the question you just asked. Excuse me. And he also um, lists like pretty much all the legendary, all the legendary, legendary residents as well, which is a wealth of, of, of knowledge for you to delve into there and to find old mixes and, you know, learn about old clubs and, you know, scenes and things like that, where, you know, styles of music and genres were kind of born basically a lot of the time. Um, yes. I think it's really important to have that resident, um, um, part of, of, of a party <clears throat> somebody that's you know um, tops and tails the party you know usually the guests in the middle uh, unless it's like a really special guest or somebody you know somebody that's like a regular at the party or whatever but I, I always think that it should be like the residents that should start the night and that should end the night and uh, you know having that, uh, that the regular um residents means that they can um you know make and break tunes they can mm. set the tone they can set the, the the musical policy of the night so to speak you know um like if you go to you know um berlin and you know some of the clubs out there they've got you know some strong residents and stuff and then you go to amsterdam you've got the slap funk parties they've got the ingivision boys and and you know a whole host of other you know brother and a whole host of other great residents and <clears throat> they are out there there is clubs out there with really good residents but the, the problem is now as well is is that nobody's really doing weekly parties and that's one of the big things why the resident isn't really um getting a chance at the moment because yeah they, they're all monthlies they're all bi-monthlies they're all you know this and that and and uh and and the whole culture's kind of based around this TSV, ticket selling value sort of thing. Well, not the culture, but the, 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 the promoter mindset is, is very much based around, you know, this resident, um, the resident's just going to fill the first hour when and people are walking in. And then, you know, then it's up to the, the three guests that they've paid a fortune for to come and, uh, you know, entertain everybody. But, um, you know, with weekly nights and things, you'd, you'd want somebody uh, there, you know, uh, week in, week out, you know, to be setting the tone and to be representing and to making sure that, you know, there was, you know, people were going to have a good night because guests aren't always brilliant when, they, when you book them, you know, so sometimes you really rely on the residents to kind of bring the, bring the party home. But yeah, I mean, I think they're really important. Um, I'd love... Uh, to uh, see, you know, some more nights popping up with some more sort of solid residents, you know. When you've obviously played at some of the nights that you've been at and been a resident and residents have come and gone, is that quite weird? Because I suppose it's a bit of a band of brothers, brothers and sisters in a sense where, you know, you, you must be speaking a lot, you're almost competing, but friendly competition between each other, pushing each other, getting better. And then, you know, they the might go to another night or they might just fall off like how how does that sort of change when someone tries to come in and that shit that that sort of uh transition 
Yeah, I mean, well, into, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I've I've only known really basics as, as a sort of residency, and um, it's a bit weird when somebody leaves, you know, because um, you know you do feel like you know you are a little a band of brothers, a family, or whatever. Um, but you know, people leave, other people come in, and it's 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 nice when when new blood comes in as well, you know. So it's good to have that, um, you know, fresh energy. Um, coming so to yeah. at, at that moment when someone fresh is coming in, is that something that's decided by yourself, the promoter? So, for example, would it be Bero? Like, I found someone, yeah, it would be more so. Find someone be... and you bring them in. How, how does that sort of conversation? Uh, I reckon it would, it would most, it, it, I think it's a joint thing, right? Really, you know, usually the uh, the, the candidate has proved their worth and uh, and their stripes to to be offered that position. But ultimately, yeah, it would be down to the promoter. You know, it's their party, essentially. So it would be them who would uh, would, would sort of uh, bestow the honour, I suppose. And then, uh, just to wrap up then, uh, thank you for your time as well, brother. Oh, respect. mate, it's been a pleasure. Respect. Um, what are your fondest memories of BASIC and, basics and you know, the impact that it's made? Uh, you know, from the start when you were there and involved with it, like, could you ever imagined it would have still had the life legacy that it has? And the and then also the 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 importance that it's had, like, people really like, you know, it's in there, in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. people really have basics in the blood. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, when I first started going out in like 1994, basics was absolutely like the nuts. It was the best party in the country, if not probably the world at the time. It was amazing. Um, uh, well, it felt like that to me anyway. Um, and um, so I think some of those earlier memories, I mean, I love, you know, I've got so many fond memories, but some of the ones where I was just like starry-eyed and googly-faced and just like amazed by it all were, you know, some of the earlier days uh, when I first started going to uh, the first venue that I did where Basics was, which was called The Pleasure Rooms, which was in the... Uh, Grand Arcade and uh, it was an amazing three floor club and uh, it had you know different styles of music on each floor it had actually four rooms but three floors and uh, you know it had a bar called Bar Basics and you'd walk in there and there'd be like Andrew Weatherall playing to about 10 people or DJ Harvey playing to about five people and you know this is before they were the, the kind of demigods that they are now sort of thing you know and then also on the top floor there'd be Ralph um, and James Holroyd and uh, you know holding fort up there and then the middle floor there'd be Lee Wright um, who was playing more the US sort of masters at work sort of jazz and groove Roger Sanchez sort of stuff which was amazing as well at the time the UK garage and things like that and then there was you know in the basement more sort of serious get down gritty techno underground resistance with sort of drum and bass and metalheads and that kind of stuff there as well so it was just like overwhelming you know um the the amount of crazy uh, music that was going on there so for me that kind of first stages of being naive and and, and new to it all uh sort of i suppose have my uh, like the, the fondest memories um and um and yeah i mean it's amazing to see uh, you know the legacy how you know how the ripples that it's created, the inspiration that it's uh, created. You know, other people have started their own nights from it. People have started record labels. People have got married from it. You know, it's just been, it's been massive, you know. And uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously been a bit quieter <coughs> the last couple of years. Um, but, um, you know, I'm sure it's going to, uh, you know, it's like a boomerang. It's always going to come back, basics, you know. And uh, it takes a lot to keep a, a good man down like Biro. So, um, you know, I'll be looking forward to, uh, you know, getting stuck in again. I think, uh, you know, most of it's just finding a decent venue to throw mm. the parties at and, uh, you know, just taking it back to basics, really. That's what it needs to do now. So I think uh, I've had a couple of chats with Dave about it. And uh, obviously it was all going to start happening again. Uh, but obviously due to all this, it's all kind of that, that, that sort of plan's caved in now. So it's all going to be hitting the reset button again when uh, all this stuff is over. So we'll see, but for sure, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I'm itching to kind of, you know, get back and, uh, you know, start my residency again. You know, it's been too long. And there you go, brother. You're itching and everybody else will be itching. I'm telling you, everyone will be out. Everyone will be out. It's going to be celebrations. You get thinking of that first tune that you're going to play 
And uh, we all look forward to being a part of it when you're there, brother. And uh, we'll speak away from this and look to lock in, if not the children's story side, which I'm up for, then definitely the uh, podcast as well. Yeah, man, I'd love to. I mean, I, I love what you do, Ben. I think it's great. And, um, you know, I'd love to collaborate more. I love your energy and love uh, sort of having our chats and being around you. It's great, mate. And uh, I think we kind of rub off on each other quite nicely, you know. In a, in, a, in a nice kind of way. <laughs> 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 um, but, um, yeah, I mean, this has been great. So thanks for having me uh, on the show tonight. Ah, no, thank and, you for taking time out, man. It's been yeah. amazing. I knew it would be. It's been a sick job. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, obviously, I could jibber jabber for hours, uh, but it's going to be good. I'm going to get myself a cup of tea, and I'm going to get back on with a bit of work. Or I might get outside, actually, but get a bit of that sun on my face. And uh, just potter around a little bit. But um, I'll, I'll also stay tuned in as well for a little bit as well. I think you've got... Uh, the old uh, big DM, Danny Matthews. on yes, bit mate. I call him the mayor of G-Town because he's the coolest, yeah. he's the soul yeah, man. Exactly. Really well, I can remember meeting Danny at Back to Basics uh, and, I, and, I, and I was with Gracie, my missus. She was a photographer at the time. And I, and I looked at him, I went, I went to Gracie, I went, he looks really cool there, man. He looks like a cool guy. And then, and then weeks later, I, I, I went up to him at Basics. Oh, I said, oh, my, 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 my missus got some good pictures of you from Basics last week. And he was like, oh, brilliant. And then, we just got chatting and we just became really good friends from there. So, you know, it's been a long time that we've been, um, you know, uh, he was obviously the, 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 that was one of the things about basics was without going on too long, was there was always this new blood, this new injection of energy and Danny Matthews, you know, and, and, and the Rockaby crew at the one point were, were, the, were the fresh new blood and that was what gave uh, basics, a, you know, another, another spin, you know, around the sun really with it. But it was great, yeah. So I look forward to see, hearing all about that. And uh, yeah, just uh, keep me posted on any future projects, mate. You know, I'm always there. Respect. You stay safe and cool. Big up to your family as well, brother. And thank Thanks, you for your time again, man. Respect. Big love. Beep. <laughs> Peace, Peace out, man. Bye. So yeah, that was Tristan Dacuna. And uh, that was a cool chat. Obviously, I wanted to go off the angle with that chat see how I was uh, getting through this time. This has been a, a DJ with the club sort of closing, see how we were getting by. But I also wanted to delve into a bit more of his like other interest, uh, which was cool to hear that he wants to write a children's book. I definitely think there'd be scope to uh, collab with him on that. So yeah, man, that was Tris. I'm going to be posting that up. All the chats, actually, what I'm going to be doing. Tell you what, mate, Instagram Live, have a word. You can't just download it straight away. You've got to, honestly, it is a minefield about to download these videos, but I found a way. If anyone wants to copy any of their Instagram live stories, hit me up and I'll DM you how to do it because it's a fucking mission, mate. But anyway, I've managed to work it out. So I'll get these uh, uploaded to YouTube. I'll be sharing all the links out so you can check any of the previous chats as well. But that one was with Trista Kuna. And next up, we've got, I believe we're going to be chatting to, yes, my boy, Harry George Johns. He is the brain behind the street food, Holy Mountain, and also Holy Ramen, which is an assembly in Leeds. He's an all-around cool guy. Safe. With, he's a beauty musician, but he's a safe brother, honestly. It'll be really, really cool vibes. That's what we're looking to do with Blue Slips. Help you all escape what we're currently going through and share good, positive vibes to help you escape what we're in and just, yeah, take your mind away. So I'm Ben Random. Thank you for checking in, everybody, and uh, join us after for Harry. Peace. Oh, Sophia, I can see you trying to add me. I'm